You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast, brought to you ad-free with the support of our patrons. Visit mashthosebuttons.com or stay tuned after the show for more details. Welcome to the Torn and the Goblin, the Mash Those Buttons podcast about Warcraft story and lore. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm Gragthar, Torn Hunter on Skywall US. And I'm Katie, Clanker Goblin, Resto Shaman on Earthen Ring US. And today is September 1st, 2021, hashtag day off Twitch. And this <laughs> is episode number 132. Woo! And apologies for missing... Our last episode, it's been a while. Yes. Uh, as you can tell, I'm recovering from a cold. Katie's been busy. Uh, so it was kind of hard there to schedule something for a little bit. But we're uh, back, baby. We are back. <laughs> um, now, I know we've been promising that we'll talk about Grimoire because yes. we both finally have it. But uh, Katie, I know you're still working through it. And I don't want to like only talk about half of it at this point. Because, yes. Spoiler alert. I didn't like it. <laughs> um, but we'll get into that next time. Yes. Because the fact that I didn't like it is definitely worth getting into. Yes. Well, you know, yes. we're never quiet when we don't like something. <laughs> so. That's very true. That's very true. Um, and, and so we, we've got a different, a little bit different of a topic to talk about yes. uh, tonight. Before we do, though, how have you been doing, Katie? I've been doing very well, as you said. Very, very busy. Uh, thankfully, life is starting to slow down just enough for me to uh, actually have free time again. So that is what I'm doing. Uh, getting back into WoW, getting back into some of the lore and stuff, so I've been enjoying that. My brief WoW hiatus was very good for my mental health. How about you, Nick? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, I'm looking forward to the patch 9.1 quality of life changes, or 9.1.5. Yeah. They look good. Mm. And uh, until that comes out, I have plenty of stuff to do in Mass Effect, so <laughs> keeping myself busy that way. Mm. But... Uh, Let's 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 get into it though, yeah. Uh, because I've been I've been thinking in all this off time that we've had here that thinking about Sylvanas, yes. And there is a rift within the community. I mean, you go back, you look at the end, you look at the because uh, you finally said you watched the uh, the cinematic uh, at the end of the raid with you know Sylvanas's fate as it was. Yes. Up. Oh my gosh, that was meaty. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, that that was that was meaty. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I did like that. I did like <laughs> that too. I did. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like Dragon Age is like, everyone liked that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's, well, actually, that's not true. Not everyone liked that's that. That's true. Because in the days leading up to that cinematic, there were rumblings on Twitter. And depending on who you looked at, they were either saying they better not redeem Sylvanas or they better redeem Sylvanas. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I understand. And, and, and Blizzard did a great job punting on the redemption. Yes. That if if, if I, there's one thing I didn't like about that cinematic, it's that it was billed as Sylvanas's fate, and it was absolutely not Sylvanas's fate. Yeah, it's it's like the beginning of Sylvanas's fate. Honestly, it's like, hey, now she's in our court, 
now her fate begins. Like, whatever is going to be her final destination for this expansion and potentially forwards. Oh. I think I think I see what they're doing, and I think I see where they're going, and I think I, think I see I how too. how they're going to try to handle this. Maybe. <laughs> and the bulk of the work, this is all going to come down to Christy Golden. Yes. I feel like yes. they were sitting, yes. they were sitting in the, the 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 narrative team room or whatever, and they're like, okay, we've got this problem where half the player base wants us to redeem Sylvanas, and half the player base doesn't, and. Whatever we do, we're going to piss half the people off. How can we pull this off? And they just all turned and looked at Christy and she was like, I'll write a book and I'll make it make sense. Everybody's going to be happy. Just going to like pizzazz Christy magic all over everything and it'll just work. I feel like that's what she does. She comes in, she's like, okay, here we go. Just cracks her fingers. She's like, okay, and time to make everything make sense and everybody love this. And you're like, everybody liked that. So <laughs> that's what I know. I, I feel it's going to happen no matter what. I think at least I hope that uh, when the when that book comes out, because it was delayed, it was originally coming out in November, which I mean, which to me means that there might be spoilers in it uh, that they want to push back a bit. So, um, well, it makes sense. What's normally in November? Yeah. Yep. Yep. The yeah. big B. And what's, what's not going to be in November? <laughs> I miss BlizzCon so much, you guys. It's not even funny. <laughs> I really do. But, it's, yeah. No, so, what I'm, what I'm kicking myself over, and, and now, admittedly, I could be wrong. I said some things about what I expected to see in Grimoire, and I'll admit right now, what I said was wrong. And so I could be wrong on this, but I'm kicking myself that... You know, we've we've been talking. We had, uh, you know, like we were talking about, like, you know, are they re- redoing Miss the Pandaria again? We right. had a uh, half hill report on to talk about that the one time, mm. yeah, many episodes ago. And it's like, well, how do you wrap up your arc, which is redoing Miss the Pandaria? You redo war crimes, right? Well, I don't know, because like, even if they redo war crimes, right? Garrosh was still guilty like it feels like it would be different in this case so oh I, yeah you know i'm not i'm not saying like page for page no, like no, you, no, just, no. you know, know just you know control f garage sylvanas boom we're done like no 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 but, no, no, no. but like I, I don't know i know that we want to get into the meat of comparing we were going to do darth vader and sylvanas and one of my reasonings i think it will feel different is because of what happened at the end of the cinematic yes so well, yes. Well, I think I, more so when I say the redo, re- redo war crimes, basically you're going to get the trial of Sylvanas. Yes. That you're going okay. to ha- – and maybe I'm, I'm kind of actually thinking like, – I want them to lean into this. I want them to do another literal trial. I want them to appoint lawyers, not necessarily Bane and Taronda. Obviously not Taronda. <laughs> yeah. Taronda's not in any position to be a lawyer at this point. She just like straight but, up merc Sylvanas. But, you know, like I would not mind like seeing some sort of like official like – you know, reckoning by the other Warcraft characters over Sylvanas's actions and then how they, you know, trying to reconcile them and what to do with her. And it leaves room for them to leave her fate a little bit ambiguous, or I should say her, her, her redemption a little bit ambiguous that it gives them room to say like, okay, well, these characters came down on the side of, yeah, Sylvanas should be redeemed. And these characters came down on the side of, yeah, Sylvanas shouldn't be. And then what actually happens to her is a completely separate question. But as long, cause as long as your voice is felt in the novel, yes. then I think, 
I think you'll be okay. Yeah. That said, they're probably going to do something completely different with her, and none of this is going to happen, and I'm just going off on a wrong tangent. Well, like, that's one of those interesting things that I think about when they talk about having, well, when you talk about them potentially doing a trial for Sylvanas, is I can't think of too many people that would defend her at this point. Like, Anduin would have been one of them, maybe, just because he's so pure-hearted, but now she's turned Sylvanas, or Sylvanas, she's turned Anduin, right? And so, like, anyone that might have been a friend in the room, like, everyone adores Anduin, so, like, doing that already, I mean, not not even mentioning Teldrassil, you kind of got a foot in the actual grave this time. It, It would piss so many people off, but I could see a way that you could have Taronda defending Sylvanas. I'm not saying that they should, not saying that they should, how I'm just saying that? that they 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 could they could pull it because because of what happened with uh, Taronda and Alun. Oh, that I could see I could see Taronda kind of and, and and I don't and I'm not saying people would like it. I'm not. I'm just saying I think there's a way you could you could let that happen. I think not she has too much sh- rage. That's not not that happen. it should, but I'm, I'm just I'm just saying that there's a path there. There's a way to explore that. That that said. I think of anybody. I think Anduin. Well, I guess it depends what happens to Anduin at the end of the uh, the expansion here. If he's in any position to, you know, show up as a character witness. Um, like it's, I, I keep wondering. So, like, this is one of those really dumb things. But I'm like, okay, if he's freed of the the shackles of domination, which I know we're not supposed to be talking about Anduin right now. But I'm like, is he we going? Can talk about it. We can, we can talk about it. Who's going to stop us? Well, I, I know, but I, anyway. It's like, is he, is there ever going to be a sense of normalcy for him? Like, is he basically dead now? Like, I, I don't know. He's like an 18 year old king of Stormwind. I in, know. Uh, as, like, there was never a sense of normalcy for okay, him. He's- okay. But to be fair, I mean, okay. This is one of those where I'm like, you remember, I'm sure longtime listeners know my gripe with the Horde constantly losing leaders. I'm like, Okay, the Alliance could use lose a few, and then they're like, how about Anduin? I'm like, okay, you're not allowed to touch the Golden Child. How dare you? I like that one. He can stay. Uh, so now I'm, I'm like, I'm a little worried. I'm curious about his fate. Because, like, I think what happens to Anduin in the end will definitely reflect on Sylvanas. Because uh, he's basically Arthas 2.0, which nobody wanted. I mean, Katie's like, lore-wise, it's very interesting, and I like that, but, like, in, in I, the universe. I, I see that. why you say he's Arthas 2.0, but I, I don't feel like he's Arthas 2.0. The difference between Anduin right. and Arthas, and it's a key difference, is Arthas willingly chose yes. that path. Yes, that's very Arthas true. was like, I am I'm determined to get this done, and I'm going down that path. Anduin was forced into it. Yes. And that's kind of the key there. He might, I think he might, he, if he went along willingly, it was he was willingly forced, if that makes any kind of sense, because he knows that's the only way he can get Sylvanas to... to kind of turn and, and he's like okay i gotta kind of let this happen so that you know sylvanas can you know move and he's he's moving pieces on the chessboard trying to counter the jailer so Anduin plays the long game which i'm very proud of I, him he's, for. he's learning to play the long game yeah. he's learning to play the yeah. long game he's sylvanas he, has taught him well yes so i don't you know i i i, I don't think there's there's i mean obviously like i, I feel like the sim the similarities between anduin and arthas are very superficial they're, yeah they're like once, they're, once you get down to it like yeah. anduin hasn't hit that point where like it, like anduin would not burn straffle well so i'm like this, that's what i'm thinking is like they're almost like parallel stories like parallel universes where like the worst case scenario is arthas and the best case scenario is anduin right like you have yeah. the corrupted and the pure and like this is what arthas should have been and he wasn't and this is like 
Anduin. That's why I I didn't mean like their transformations were exactly the same. I just meant like the parallels of their right, story right. are very interesting, and I like how they're exploring that kind of a route, which is different it's, than Arthas. It's, in, it's interesting in the sense, like let's say Arthas fought against becoming the Lich King. Mm-hmm. Like he was like, whoa, okay, you know what? If I pick up that sword, like you know, like things, are, you know, I'm gonna stop. And then it's almost like you know, like forces beyond his control came down and we're like, okay, no, you're, you're picking up that sword. That's your fate. Mm-hmm. And you, that, that's kind of Anduin's situation. Right. That, yeah. So. No, I, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, and I, I'm very interested to see where he's going to go. I love, I mean, we've been seeing the parallels since not even Battle for Az or, oh, well, no, it was. Yeah, um, Battle for, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, they. It was Battle for well, Az did, in the very yeah, beginning. Yeah, uh, the Storm's Lord on, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was and trying they, to remember. I was like, that's not Legion. That was after Legion. Sorry, there's lots of lore to straighten out sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like we've been seeing parallels with him since then, if not even slightly before as well. Like they've been setting this up for a very long time, uh, which has been cool. I mean, still get chills from that like Lordaeron scene where he goes to walk in to confront Sylvanas. It's almost like frame by frame the same as the Warcraft 3 cinematic with Arthas coming home to Lordaeron. If you guys haven't seen that, you definitely, it's worth a watch on YouTube. It's very cool. Um, but yes. that's, that's an aside. <laughs> yes. No, but, but let's, let's get back. Yes. yes. To, Sorry. Yeah. Cause we've got, we, no, which is fine. It's been a while since we've done this. We need to, yes. you know, get, get our, get our tangents out. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> yes, we are just a tangent. Don't forget. Exactly. The tangent and the goblin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I shouldn't have thought that it was as funny as it was. Okay. Oh, We're good. So, so, so what I was thinking, so, so there, there's two camps over, you know, kind of arguing over Sylvanas' redemption. And I was thinking, like, how does Sylvanas compare to other, like, famous characters who were heinously evil and yet received redemption? And, and the one that I kind of came upon was a character with a fairly similar backstory in that they were kind of de- deceived by a, 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 an evil that they didn't necessarily see. They, you know, genocided an entire location. Yep. Pretty bad. And yet at the end, their, their, their family, in, you know, insisted that they saw good in them the whole time. And kind of gave them that moment of redemption, and, and you mentioned his name earlier, but it's, it's Darth Vader. That, and I was trying to think about this because I feel like in the modern geekdom, in the modern sort of cultural mythology, like our cultural pantheon, mm-hmm. like I guess I guess it kind of starts with Lord of the Rings, maybe. But there's, I don't think there's any real redemption arcs in Lord of the Rings. I don't. Know, uh, somebody could probably school me on that. Sort yeah, of I guess Boromir a little bit, yeah, a, little, yeah. a little bit, but I feel like Darth Vader's like the the proto, like the ur badass. Yeah, that he comes onto the scene, and everybody likes him as a villain. Yes, and so when he gets redeemed, everybody's kind of on board with that anyway. Yeah, so like, I guess that's that's an interesting thing about Darth Vader, right? As you said, he's he's very popular uh, in most like as far as i know he's very popular in star wars star wars circles in general uh, but like even when you watch the movies for the first time he does they do this great job of making him this imposing scary figure uh and 
I remember like when I was a kid, I was like, oh man, this guy's really cool. And then like when he was redeemed at the end, you're like, okay, that's fitting because I like this character, right? Like I'm, I like him as a bad guy. So him getting a good ending and, you know, being redeemed sits well with me even, but right. that's one of those things like through four, five, and six, we don't have all of the backstory that we get in one, two, and three. Um, right. So in a way, I feel like if I had had all the context of one, two, and three, I might not have liked him being redeemed at the end of six, right? Because, uh, you know, that that scene, um, spoiler alert if you haven't watched Star Wars Episode 3, where I think it's three, where Anduin walks into a room of Anakin. young children Jedi, and he, you just see a lightsaber go off, and he's like holding it next to the ground, and this little like little boy Jedi just kind of like backs up a little bit, and you're like, oh man, like that's that's a scarring scene in my mind. He slayed the younglings. Yeah, he he killed all the kids. Like what a jerk. So, well, that, that, but then again, you know when he blows when he blows up Alderaan. Yeah, yeah, he he does a lot more than just murder the children, but. And 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 I guess that's the, like that's the main thing to me is like, he, you know, you know he he's responsible for for so much like other death yeah. that because I like thinking about that against Sylvanas, yes, because I think that that's sort of her point of no return. Yes. I think people were kind of like eh, you know Blizzard trying to make her morally gray, you know, and 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 eh. and then they're you know we we're trying to figure out like well why does she burn Teldrassil or like you know what happens that, that causes. Bring a Teltrasil, maybe it's a misunderstanding, and then we're like, no, no, Sylvanas just like flips out on uh, Delarin and, and burns the tree. Yeah, and at that point, like, yeah, like if you if you hated Sylvanas, you really hated Sylvanas, and if you liked Sylvanas, you were like, you know that are you we know, the baddies now? Right, right. <laughs> you know, they had to put out old soldier to to yeah. get everybody to calm down a little bit over that because it was it was big. it was a rough few days. That was a, that was a rough few days for the Blizzard community in the good way. Yes, because everyone was yes. like actually talking about the lore and the story. So like all the people on the story were like, oh, they're noticing the story. They're not just like right. skipping all the cutscenes. Well, not only that, but everybody felt like shit. But we were supposed to feel like shit. We were, and like that was what was really cool. Is they, I feel like that was one of the really cool moments of uh, Battle for Azeroth. Like, yes, they did such. Okay, I, I love Battle for Azeroth. I know a lot of people didn't, but like they made us feel a lot of things. Uh, and I think one of the reasons, at least in my mind, that Darth Vader can be redeemed and Sylvanas for a lot of people cannot, is like, yeah, Darth Vader blew up Alderaan. How many people were directly connected to Alderaan in, in the movies, right? We're like, oh, yeah, that's a planet and that feels kind of bad, but I had no personal stake in that planet, really. Like, it, it doesn't affect you like, oh, I play a Night Elf character and I watched my home be burned down. Like, that's very different uh, when it feels like it directly impacts you as a player, uh, it hits very close to home. Right, right, and and people have been critical of Blizzard for how they've handled Taronda reacting to Teldrassil, but for the most part, you know, th th the problem was that they they felt like she didn't do enough, but she at least did stuff. Yeah, she that, did. Like, yeah, you know, she, you know, they, they you have the whole Darkshore stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, with her and Malfurion coming, you know, she turns into the Night Warrior and, you know, she, she you know, running through Torghast or whatever, you know, jumping in, even jumping into the portal of the Shadowlands, just, you know, know, Leroy Jenkinsing that, that at least Taronda, as somebody directly affected by the burning of Teldrassil, you know, for the most part reacted accordingly. Yes. What did Princess Leia do? Right. 
you know, I mean, technically, I know she's like the adopted daughter of Alderaan, but, you know, she was adopted when she was like a newborn. So, like, literally, like, that's her people. That's what she's known her whole life. Her adopted parents, you know, Bail Organa, everybody, they got blown up. You know, yeah. wh- what did she wind up doing? You know, not, I mean, she, I mean, she joined the Rebel Alliance. I was going to say, yeah, but, I tried to, like, kind of, I think she pseudo leads the Rebel Alliance, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. So, like, She's trying, and also, as far as I understand canonically, the, the Rebel Alliance isn't, like, the biggest force in the universe, which is, you know, why the whole Luke Skywalker thing came by, and they're like, wow, look at him being the ace pilot, and all of that happened, and they were all amazed, because they don't have a lot of the numbers they need to take on the Empire, but, it, again, like, we kind of know Leia, but, like, in... And forgive me if I'm wrong, but my impression is in four, five, and six, like we see some, we get a decent amount of interaction with Leia, but it's not like a ton in my mind. Like she's on screen for some of them, some of the parts, but like a lot of it's just us following Luke around, I think, if I yeah, remember correctly. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, I, I think about like her conversation with Luke on Endor, where, or the mood of Endor, yeah. where. You know, like she, she's trying to figure out like what's wrong with Luke, and Luke is like, "Look, like you know, you're my sister. He's our father." And okay, like I can see how that might mess with her, but at the same time, like Taronda grabbed Sylvanas by the neck and tried to pop her head off. Yeah, like like Leia never got any. And, and admittedly, okay, like there's a power differential between Leia and Vader that doesn't exist between uh, Sylvan. You know, not the same yeah. as Sylvanas and Taronda, but still, like I don't. I feel like. Leia could have done more, like you know. Well, she so, she has some latent force ability, right? So, like, I don't think she knew that at the time. <laughs> she probably didn't. That's probably true. I, I I apologize to any like hardcore Star Wars fan nerds out there because I don't know the lore very well outside of the movies. So I'm just kind of like doing my feelers. Uh, Nick, you're gonna have to be my hardcore nerd. I know. I have to. I have to carry this. <laughs> you do. <laughs> uh, but so I th- I think you're right there. The main the main point though. Is that players have a connection to Teldrassil that they did not have to Alderaan, yes. and so it's very easy. And this is kind of goes alongside with the Horde, you know, like mm-hmm. whether you play Horde or Alliance. If you play Horde, maybe you've dabbled in the Alliance. You may not really have any connection to Teldrassil either, right? So, but you watching the tree burn, you're like, yeah, yeah, okay, you know, I, I rolled a druid over there, whatever, it doesn't matter. But like, yeah, if you were played like a night elf and like Teldrassil was like your home, well, like I'd also like yeah, to think that, 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 that hurts. There are Horde players, right, that are like, yeah, glory to the Horde. And then they roll up to Teldrassil and you're like, hold on a minute. Like, this this isn't, like, we're always, you know, we're always saying the Alliance are the ones that are beating us down. And now we're proving them right by being the bad guys. We're like, this feels bad. Like, no, 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 let's, let's not burn their tree. Because, and there are a lot of Horde players that are like, yeah, I genuinely want peace with the Alliance. Um, you know, a lot of people want that third faction, uh, which... I, again, for many reasons, don't think it's going to happen. But it, I think what was cool about that is it hit all of the player base. Like, even if you said, like, you're like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. Like, those people even got to see the ripples of the people that really did care. And it affected the people that said, I didn't care. Because they're kind of like, oh, wow, like, these people are getting really upset over here. And sometimes that caused them to have conflicts or, let's say, heated discussions, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, it's. It's all about, uh, I think, people being attached to that. And it. I think another thing that's neat about, you know, Azeroth versus um, watching a Star Wars movie, right, is that we're directly involved in the world of Azeroth and the happening. So it feels much closer to home when there's any kind of event like the Legion invasion or uh, 
I don't know, just about anything, really. Um, Burning of Teldrassil, even though we're using that as an example. Uh, when, when there are events that occur, they feel more personal because our characters go through those massive world-changing events. The Cataclysm is another one, right? Although we didn't actually, we got to watch the world sunder through a cutscene and not like right in front of us, but you get the idea. Well, I wonder too about, you know, our relationship to the game and whatnot, because with Star Wars, like how old were most of us when we saw the Star Wars movies, like really saw them for the first time? Like I know like my, my five-year-olds watched them, but sure. like he's, they're still kind of, like he, you know, he's, he's not like paying attention. He's still a few years away from that. But you figure we were maybe 10, maybe, maybe like, you know, like 12 or 13 at the oldest by the time we saw, for the most part, yeah. you know, I'm sure some people may be a little bit older when you see them. And there's always the one person who's like in their twenties, like I never saw Star Wars. You're like, how? And you just but, tie them to a chair. You're like, all right, you're going to yeah, learn you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like this is required viewing yes. for like our, our culture, but, but so like to a degree, you know, usually you wind up watching them very quickly mm-hmm. so that everything, you know, you know, especially at this point, I mean, if you were lucky enough to, I guess lucky enough, you're old enough to have been around. Like, I remember, I remember watching Return of the Jedi in the theater when it was at originally, mm. but I, you know, I don't, I, I don't remember when I actually saw the trilogy in order like, I, I know I didn't completely understand everything that was going on. Like, why is this ball, you know, this weird bald guy under the helmet and, oh, he's, he, I guess he's dying. Like, I, like, I didn't get all that at the time because I was very young. But, you know, like later on, usually you watch, usually wind up watching it in very rapid succession because you're, you're done to do the whole, at least the original trilogy. Then later on, you get the prequels thrown in. And there's, I feel like it, it, it happens so quickly, like you don't necessarily have time to sit down and think about mm-hmm. it. All of a sudden you're just like, okay, and you know, here's, here's a bad guy and he's redeemed. And okay, that's the story. Let's move on. Right. Whereas with Warcraft, we get the story in such drips and drabs that it's been years. Oh. That we've been talking about this. Like, don't forget how long Sylvanas has been around for, like, just our actual real life years. Like, Warcraft 3 was 2000 somewhere, so she's been around in the lore for at least almost 20 years, if not that, if not longer. Um, so it's like, her story has been actually covered through multiple generations of real life people. Not that Star Wars hasn't. But, like, her story has actually continued in these drips and has affected people as, like, the expansions come out, as the the game grows and changes and, like, new players come on and they're like, who's this person? And they, you know, they might see her in another quest. They're like, oh, I really like this person. This is interesting. And they go find out about her backstory. And then they find out that she's even more involved in the next patch or whatever it is, right? So... People are always constantly being introduced to Sylvanas, at least on the Horde side and somewhat on the Alliance side. Um, whereas, like, Darth Vader, he's kind of that one-time, like, not one-time, but the one-time experience of watching a movie. It's not like you're constantly re-exposed to him every time, like, you are in a video game where you open it up and you you see them again or you interact with them a second, third, fourth time. They come back in books. Like, I'm sure Darth Vader comes back in books, don't get me wrong. Um, but... It's one of those where it feels different because it's a medium where you are meant to interact with things and she is constantly there for you to interact with throughout the history of the story. Um, so she's always kind of like in the background somewhere. She's also a fan favorite, so that doesn't hurt anything. <laughs> right. Well, I think if there's a character to compare Sylvanas to, it may not be Darth. It may actually be Luke. Hmm. 
because like you talk about Sylvanas being a 20 year old character and that she's, you know, grown and evolved over that time. And we've got more of a backstory, you know, from before that 20 years, but we've for the most part watched her in real time roughly yes. over those 20 years change. And, 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 you know, like you, a lot of people if your opinion of her, you know, was formed and solidified in Warcraft three, yeah. you know, you're probably one of the people who haven't necessarily liked where she's gone in the last few years, you know, feeling like maybe they're, they're, they're taking her in directions that you didn't like. And I think that's kind of akin to Luke that mm-hmm. we saw Luke yeah. 30, 40 years ago now <laughs> that, you know, that, that we've had these opinions of him. And then we had like no information on it. So we were left to just kind of speculate in our mind, like, well, what's he been doing for these 40 years? And then finally we get the movie where he's back. Yeah. And we get to see it. And not everybody liked that. No. That there was a, a backlash against how his character was portrayed. And I feel like to a degree that's almost inevitable. That yes. because every everybody's, you know, you know, they they fan, you know, they 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 fan casted how they expected Luke to to be. They set those expectations, and these expectations have been there for so long, you know, then whatever you codify is going to piss somebody off. Yep. And so I, I think it's kind of similar with Sylvanas, that she's been around for so long that when she starts, you know, like you need to have characters act to be interesting. Yes. And it can be hard to have them act in a way, I don't want to say like write them in character, but act, do something interesting while still maintaining yes. uh, the sense of who they are, especially if you want to explore maybe underused aspects or like, you know, different aspects of the character. Um, not necessarily like retconning the character, mm. but yeah, you know, the character starts doing something you don't like and you're like, well, this, you know, this isn't the character that I knew that, you know? And so I think that that's part of the, the, the problem with her. And that's where, that's where you get the people, I think looking for a redemption because they're like, no, no, the Savannah's I knew she was good at her right. core. Right. She never would have done this. She has to have a good reason for what she's doing. And if she doesn't, then it's just character assassination. Well, and it's funny that you say that because we've throughout the history of Warcraft, we've had other characters that have, uh, I would say, gone out of character to create drama. Like I remember one time, I'm sure I brought it up before in podcasts past, but in Mists of Pandaria, when they had Taronda be all like freaking out, and I think it was oh, who was it? Was it Garrosh? Someone was being like, oh, "I'm going to be rational," and like Taronda was like flying off the handle and being all weird. And no, it wasn't Garrosh. Um, Oh, who was it? it? Anyway, there was like, oh, it's Varian. Because I was like, okay, Varian is like very much like the warrior. Like, let's charge in. And like, he was like, I'm going to be cool and calm headed. And Toronto's like, let's murder everyone. And I'm like, hold on. That is complete, completely out of character for her at that point in time. Now, it, the night warrior version of her, I could see that more so. But that's a story for a different day. Um, it, it is interesting watching people be split on Sylvanas because... What I love about her the most, and I think what a lot of people love about her, is her character is very diverse. She's she's like a faceted gem. She has a lot of different parts to her, and not a lot of them are always displayed, if that makes sense. Like, uh, she has a, a very schemy personality on one side. She's very tactical. She's uh, very good at the long game, as we discussed earlier. But on the other side, like, you know, she's the ranger general that, you know, loved her sisters, like... We see some of the sorrow that happens when she gets turned into a banshee. So we see her love for Nathanos kind of displayed oddly. But if you know her backstory, you're like, that's that's pretty much as good as it's going to get. Um, so it's it's interesting to watch the fandom kind of split on this because it's like if you know everything. And I feel like that's another problem is a lot of people that don't know her very well are just like, oh, she's just bad and she needs to die. Like she she 
she did a bad thing and so she needs to die. And that's how Warcraft works. When you do a bad thing, then you die. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> but I don't know. I I I, I, I kind of think she's going to be redeemed a little bit. I mean, after the very end of the... Okay, so at the at the end of the cinematic, if it's okay if I bring that up. Yeah, go right ahead. Okay, so at the end of the cinematic, obviously, spoiler, um, the jailer reaches into a side portal and pulls out a gem and crushes it. And it's it's what's left of Sylvanas's soul, the part the part that got taken out of her from Fosmer and the one we were talking about. You know, we were all talking about uh, in previous podcasts. We're like, oh, well, th- d- did her soul split? Well, yes, it did. Uh, and at the very end of the cinematic, her soul fuses back into her body and her eyes that were blazing red turn blue, like that crystal high elf blue, and she passes out. And I'm like, she, two shards of herself have been now reunited. And it's like, does that make her a different person? And I would say, yes, it does. Because like having that por- portion of her soul ripped from her literally made her a different person. Because she, I think that soul probably had like empathy and a lot of the other feelings that you don't get when you're a forsaken. Um, I don't know. I, I have a lot of feelings about this, and it's like it's going to be really tough, I think, to justify to people that she's there's, different. Go ahead. There's some dialogue in the game with Uther. Okay. Um, in nine, I think it's in the last whatever last story update that they they, they pushed out. I don't think it has like a number, mm-hmm. but uh, when, when you can listen to Uther talking, and he he says something along the lines of. That well, what his soul was missing, that it felt like he was kind of frozen. Like it's not, it's not like because I know a lot of people like, oh, her courage is gone. Because you read that story, and they, you know, they talk about her it being courage. You're like, oh, that's the problem. Sylvanas's courage was gone, and you're like, Sylvanas has done a ton of courageous yeah. stuff. Like it, it's not her courage that was missing, and we're trying to figure out like, well, what what part of her was missing? And it's not like any specific part of right. it. It was just just part of her that she didn't. She didn't feel whole, and and that that imbalance, I think that leads to a lot of her, you know. And and, and I guess the, sort of the question is like, and it seems like maybe the answer, maybe that's kind of the 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 thing to look at when you look at uh, before the storm. That Sylvanas feels like, okay, like this is how I am as a Forsaken. This must be how all Forsaken feel. Yeah, that there's a part of them that is missing that we can't, you know, relate to everybody. Therefore. I can lead my people a certain way because we all feel the same way. And then you look at all the forsaken that wanted to get back with their families. And it's like, no, some of them were kind of whole, like, you know, their, their, their soul seemed very unified, or at least they had a very clear understanding of what they wanted, that it's not that way. Like Sylvanas's experience, I don't want to say it's unique to her, but it's not. Sylvanas's experience was because she was hit by Frostmourne, right. not because she was a forsaken. Yes. And that's sort of the mistake that she makes leading the Forsaken, and that's kind of what leads to, you know, I'd say most of the, the conflict in Before the Storm, that she yep. thinks things are going to play out one way and they play out differently because she doesn't understand something fundamentally between her and her people. And so it's it, it, it's hard to kind of figure out because I, th- I think I think it, what it is is, like, what did that part of her soul go through Yes. Well, Sylvanas was off being Sylvanas because it was trapped as a crystal in the jailer's, you know, little keepsake box. Like it was in the the sisters' story in folk tales. Yeah. Um, they talked about it how uh, her sister tried to free her and wasn't able to in the end. Right. So, like, we know, like, so that shard of Sylvanas, like, 
I remember reading in the the book. It was like, ah, yes, the the reason I don't remember what the entity was that set um uh Illyr- not Illyria. The other was it Illyria? No, Valyria. No, it was Valyria. Val- yeah. Uh, was yes. It? No, Val- yes. No, Val- no? no Valyria Sanguine. No, that's different. No, no, not Valyria. Uh, sorry, Sylvanas' sister. The other one, yeah. <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> the other sister. <laughs> Got to brush off that that uh, specific lore. Um, but when she goes to try and liberate Sylvanas, the entity that sets her up, and basically when she fails, the entity was trying to show Sylvanas that like you can't count on family, like they will fail you, and so. Part of me wonders if that other part of her soul has been conditioned. Like, what is it? Yeah, what has it gone through? We don't know. Like, Verisa. Verisa, thank you. Oh my gosh. We were so close and so long. far. I'm yeah. so sorry, guys. <laughs> um, we got there. But, but yeah, so like it's maybe like, I don't know. I don't know if they actually answer this about Uther's soul, but did that go through separate things like before it got reunited with him? And as far as I know, I think. He feels different when he gets it back, but like I don't know if he has like separate memories of his souls being split, if that makes sense. I think it feels more like this is a shard of yourself, not that it actually contains memories, but I'm not sure. The the main thing that he says is that he felt like frozen, like he couldn't grow, like he was yeah. stuck in that state. And I think that's Sylvanas' problem, is that she's stuck in that state of pain. And hatred. You can't move on. Yeah. And now as a whole, assuming she is whole, I mean, again, the way souls seem to work is that they, you, you know, they're they're like, you know, like like I said, like Jello, like you just kind of cut them up in little pieces, yeah. and you know, they, they stick wherever you want because there's always soul bits around. But anyway, I know anyway. it's 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 kind of like alarming, honestly. Like when you're like, ah, yeah, soul shards, and you're looking at these, you're like, whose pieces are these? Right. But it's impressive though because. You know, all that the jailer had was a shard of Sylvanas, yet he was able to completely have her up and running and interacting with Verisa in that story. That it didn't take, I mean, you know, is it, was that half of her soul? Was that like a quarter? It's, you know, is it just a, a shaving? It's hard to know. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. I think what he gave her back was her whole soul. I think. Yes. That's, that's the impression anyway. Um but, Until we find out that there's another piece. Yeah, probably. Else, yes. Oh, God, it's going to be like in Legion when you had to go gather stuff with the Cadgar. Just like, and we got to go find all the pieces of Sylvanas' soul. All 120 of them. And you're just sitting there crying in the corner. Like, please don't make me gather more stuff, you guys. I don't want it to be another weekly. What was it for Illidan in the, I think it's in the Balance of Power quest line. You have to get like 30 memory fragments of Illidan yeah, or something. There's some, yeah, there's something of Illidan's that you were collecting as you're going. And it's like. I mean, how does this stuff get split up? <laughs> and how did it get everywhere? Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's that's for another time. <laughs> Again, I love analyzing like game mechanics versus lore because sometimes you get those really weird <laughs> questions. Um, but yeah, so Ill- Ill- Illidan stood too close to a like you know he like sat in a chair and he got up and there was a little bit of Illidan. <laughs> oh, no, left, gross! Yeah. Can you imagine next friend's like I'm not sitting in that chair. <laughs> Yeah, but then, like, 30 years later, we're showing up with, like, a little vial, like, scooping it off the chili <laughs> Illidan residue. Put it in a little, like, baggie that's labeled, like, you know. <laughs> that is the weirdest mental image I have had all night. Thank you. You win an award. <laughs> CSI or something. I know. With tweezers, just picking it yeah, up. Yeah, right, right. Ass. Start playing the Who music in the background. <laughs> huh. But, yeah, hopefully we won't have to do that exact scenario with Sylvanas. 
Um, but I'm very much looking forward to dialogue we're going to have with her. Because I assume at some point, like you said, there's going to be a trial. There's She's going to be held accountable for her actions. And that's the Sylvanas I want to see. I want to see how she's different and how she feels different. Because, like, I have a feeling we've seen that throughout the cinematics of... Um, uh, wow, I forgot the... Give me a second. I forgot the expansion's name. Which one? This one. Oh, Shadowlands. <laughs> Shadowlands. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry, guys. I am clearly a little. Varisa. Yes, Varisa. Shadowlands. Katie's got it. It's okay. Um. Yeah. Throughout Shadowlands, we've seen that uh, Syl- Sylvanas has clearly been remorseful of the things she's doing to Anwen, or at least second guesses what she's doing. Like, it seems that she is uncomfortable with the things she has subjected him to, and she's having at least second thoughts, if not some regrets. Uh, and like you said, I think that is purposefully done by Anduin. That seems very, very long game of him. Because um, he was planting those seeds, like, in all of their little cinematics they had together. And he's like, oh, yeah, like how the Lich King subdued you. And she's like, how dare you bring that up? But, um, yeah, I... go ahead. That's, I think that's the interesting dichotomy in the, like, Sylvanas and Anduin discussions is that like, you know, you go back to before the storm mm-hmm. and Sylvanas, in a way, she's running rings around Anduin because she's planning like two or three levels ahead. And Anduin's just going ahead like, I trust her. This is what we're going to do. Like, he's not like, yep. you know, he's not thinking about it, Machiavelli. You know, and, and Sylvanas is caught off guard by that because she's like, wait, you just took this honestly? You didn't think there was going to be some kind of ruse or anything? And right. it, like, that's what throws her. Whereas now... Like, Sylvanas almost feels like she's taking everything a little bit straightforward. Like, oh, like, the jailer, this is our plan. This is what we're going to do. Right. Like, you know, you're here. It's, and Anduin has to be the one who's like, okay, I've got to, like, weave my words and, like, le- layer in things to what I'm saying with, like, double meanings and whatnot and hints and clues and all this stuff. And, you know, that he's working more yes. of a, a level because he's forced to because he can't be direct. And Sylvanas is just – she's so misguided that she's, you know, she's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take it as it comes. And that's, you know, it's almost like she's off her game as a result of that. Well, it's not only that, but I think, I think, so what I, what I really like about Anduin and Sylvanas is they have a very unique character relationship, which is very cool. Um, but like, she's very condescending to him uh, in, in the beginning, not even just of this expansion, but when she's, when they're having the Lordaeron meetup. Um, and she, she always calls him like little lion, like, oh yes, yeah, so like, you know, I kind of respected your father. <laughs> sorry i love the legion cinematic where she gives varian that single nod right um and she's like oh yes but but you you're too simple for this right so like in a way part of me thinks like at now even though that she respects him now after all of the things that they've done she doesn't expect this kind of subterfuge from him to like try and slowly manipulate her as you say because i think she feels comfortable and she's being straightforward right now and she actually in one of the cinematics, she's like, I don't want to, like, lie to you. I'm going to kind of give it to you straight. This is what's going to happen. This is what we're going to do to you. Uh, do you want, like, if you don't agree to this, I'll force you, right? Um, and it's, it's just, just really interesting to watch their two roles completely flip from the, the previous dynamic, as you were saying. Uh, <laughs> what a ride it's been so far for lore people. <laughs> right. No, I, I, got, I got off on a tangent in my head just now. Oh. We we assume that it was, I mean, I think the jailer pretty much says, like, yeah, here's the rest of your soul. So, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Right. What if it was Tiffin that he put in there? 
What if he just makes Sylvanas and Tiffin? I mean, like, how much would that mess up Anduin? I mean, how much would that mess up Sylvanas? She'd be like, "Hi, this." I mean, could you even do that? Can you? I mean, I guess you can stuff part can of someone else's work. soul in your body. You can do that. Yeah. That that brings up a lot of really interesting questions that we might have to do an entire podcast on. <laughs> exactly. About that. Exactly. Yeah, uh, Marvel. Don't, don't think we ever noticed you doing this "What If" series that you stole from us because we're the ones that came up with "What If." <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. our idea. <laughs> we said that when we started it back, back in the day. That's that was our idea. Yeah, we're, 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 we're calling our lawyers. All, all of them. She says as she gob- dials up her goblin friends, like, "Quick, <laughs> I need lawyers." <laughs> goblin lawyers will be the best lawyers. I promise. Just keep giving them money. Uh, but. Uh, no, so I, th- I think, I guess, I mean, the, the, the other, I guess the, the, the side of this then is if, if, if Sylvanas is supposed to be like, not supposed to be, but if she's like Darth Vader, mm. that she, like the agent of her redemption, just like for, for Vader, it was Luke. In this case, the agent of her redemption is Anduin. Right. And that he, you know, the, 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 the son of a, a warrior, not quite the same way that, uh, you know, not quite the same way that Luke was Vader's son, but you know, the, you know, he's, he, you know, bred into the role kind of, um, you know, the, the innocent yet noble, mm-hmm. you know, called to the path, you know, you know, did, did the learning, did the work, became, uh, you know, a, 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 I'll say a warrior, but I don't mean it like, like a warrior class, but like as someone who, who fights and stands up sure. in that sense, you know, so I, I think there's a bit of similarity there that I, I guess it's just weird because it's weird to see this relationship between Anduin and Sylvanas because it's, it's, it's earned. They've definitely done the job setting it up. Oh yeah. For but, expansions. Right. Right. But again, it's like, you know, Anduin's variance kid, like Anduin should be doing stuff. And like Anduin should not have to, it shouldn't be Anduin's job to have to, you know, take care of this ancient elf that died and went through all this in, in, in a whole another part of the world from where he was. I don't know. I think it makes sense that they have this dynamic, because especially like I said, Varian and Sylvanas in Legion, uh, when everyone thinks Sylvanas betrayed Varian, which now it's kind of unclear whether she did or didn't, uh, on the Broken Shore. Like, I don't know. They they've had this dynamic where it's like someone that's obviously personal to Anduin, right, has been either betrayed, seemingly betrayed, or actually betrayed by this other character. And so we get to watch Anduin, like, he wants to be like his father, not but not become his father, right? He's like, I want to lead like my father, but I am not the same person, which, throughout Anduin's lore, they've done a fantastic job of making him very different from um, Varian. So like, it's kind of like yeah, Luke and Vader in that way, where they're they're different. They they go down different paths, essentially. Um, not that, in this case, not that Varian went down to the dark side. He's just a warrior and Anduin's more of a pacifist. And he, Anduin, sort of becomes a warrior, like you say. But again, uh, he interacts with Sylvanas through that medium. So, like, it's almost like if someone had replaced Luke at some point. Like, if 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 Leia actually had succeeded Luke. Like, if Luke had died somewhere in the pathway or whatever, I, I guess that's kind of a weird uh, analogy, but it'd be like if Leia came and replaced him in the story and kept going along, like, they, oh. I mean, they're, they're father and daughter, so that's Yeah, I was gonna say, Leia's, but... Leia, there have to be somebody more like Chewbacca, <laughs> like somebody that kind of doesn't really <laughs> or correlate Han. to anything. Han might be. But yeah. 
yeah it, it'd be yeah something like that where it'd have to be like that third party but it's still very personal i guess is what i'm trying to say right um, well it is, it is interesting another like sort of comparison between luke and anduin is that in both cases they're trying to make their father more like them yes that yes anduin is trying to like bring you know varian be like okay you know let, let's, let's step back from the aggression let's be a little more diplomatic about things and you know, Luke is trying to be like, you know, pull Vader to the to the light side, away from the dark side, you know, that where where Luke is on the light side. So, you know, there's very, also, I guess, both students of the light, mm-hmm. right? Students of the light side. So there you go. More, yep. more similarities there. Well, and it's, it's interesting because like Anduin, as someone that is very much in tune with the light, sees someone like Sylvanas, which is very much ingrained in the darkness. And he's like, there is good in you and I can see it and I know it's there. So I'm going to try and, like, nurture that. Because, like, what I love about Anduin is he's done this for a whole bunch of other characters. Garrosh being the one that I think of. Uh, you know, he he tried to give that olive branch to Garrosh. And it bit him in the butt multiple times. But it, this I'm talking about war crimes specifically. Um, and, and Mists of Pandaria when he gets a bell dropped on him and it just breaks his poor body. Um, but he has this history of trying to redeem characters that most people have given up on. Uh, and so that's why I thought it was super interesting that he went after Sylvanas because she, like we've been saying, she's she's stuck in this limbo of hatred and anger and sorrow and pain. Uh, and it's interesting to me because like Anduin actually genuinely starts to pull parts of her back towards the light, in my opinion. Like she starts to consider things. She starts to have second thoughts about things like when she's not around Anduin, she doesn't have these sentiments for the most part she does a little bit in some of like the sister comics and that sort of thing when people she's very close to get close to her again uh but we can see her always returning back so it's almost like that giant hole in her soul is like a giant magnet so like any anytime she tries to pull away from this stagnation she gets pulled back uh and no matter how much she fights against that nature she can never truly like recover um so what's going to be interesting to see with her soul returned is how is she going to feel about her own actions? Like, I would imagine there's going to be regret for doing these things. What What does she feel now? Like, she passed out immediately, so we have no idea. But, um, but well, I guess will there be regret though? Because all of those actions that she took got her to the point where her soul could be returned to her. I don't think that was her and end so, game, though. I'm not saying that was her end game, but it's hard to sit there and say like, well. You know, I shouldn't have burned Teldrassil because if I, you know, that that was wrong. But at the same time, if I hadn't burned Teldrassil, then would I be whole again? Like, you know, did that, true. Did, did, did that lead her? Like, I, I, you know, and sure, it sucks for all those other elves. But again, she she has no direct connection to Teldrassil. I mean, outside of general empathy, you know, she might just be like, look, I'm whole again. I did what I needed to do here. I mean, we're assuming, I think we're assuming that there's going to be a, like, oh, now that she's whole, she'll have guilt. She might not. This could she might not. This could just be a redoubling of her, you know, like, I did what I needed to do to survive. Screw you all. This was, you know, this was all necessary, even if I was wrong at certain parts, you know, but, you know, it could just make her double down on what she's done. So this is actually interesting because I'm wondering, this, like, her having her soul return brings up a wealth of questions. Like, is she still a banshee? Does she still have banshee powers? Like, is her skin didn't change colors as far as I saw in that cinematic. So I'm like, okay, she hasn't like fully reverted back to high elf. So it, it just is like all for all the damage that's happened to her soul since it was split. 
like I would imagine all of, potentially all of that power, all of those changes are still there, and then you just kind of like layer, like you reinfuse the soul together, and it still has all of those weird boundaries. So that's going to be really interesting and different. Well, I would think she's probably lost the jailer powers. Yeah, yeah, I think so. That, yeah, that we know that she was a little bit supercharged because of him, and I think that's probably been taken away. Um, but like, I would guess though she's still undead. Like, I don't think that's fundamentally going to change. Like. And I'm not saying like Same. she's necessarily undead, like Kalia undead, because Kalia is a se- yeah, she's, everything. She's, but, she's her like, own thing, right? But like we were saying earlier, like Sylvanas thought like she was like all the other Forsaken, and she wasn't, right? And na- now she might actually be like them. That so she may have more of a desire to be with her family without needing to have them dead, so they're just like her. Yes, that like that that'll be interesting to see. Um, it's gonna be. The, I guess the, the one person I'm really curious to see how they react is Illyria. Yes. Because she and Sylvanas really went at each other. Yeah. Like, you know, like, yeah. Illyria kind of realized, like, you're my sister, but, you know, like, whatever's happened to you over these years, you're not my sister, and, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take you out if I have to. Yeah. And now, you know, she may have to reconsider that p- position. I think uh, Varisa has always kind of been... She's always um, been Team Sylvanas, at least to some extent. Yeah. I mean, like... Marisa was actually considering joining Sylvanas in on death at one point, and then he's like, "No, no, I can't because I, you know, I have my my children um, to look after and that sort of thing," which makes perfect sense. But it's going to be interesting because there are a few people I think that are still genuinely on Sylvanas's side that believe in her, and so this this change is going to be definitely, I think, a maelstrom for all of the characters to kind of go around, like a, a fulcrum of lore, like how all these characters are going to interact with her now that her soul is whole. Maybe she won't change at all, but I have a feeling I have a feeling she's going to be different, fundamentally as a character, because they've she's reunited with a piece of her that we have not had in her entire arc, like, you know, except for the small amount of time she, we, we knew her as a character before she died. Um, uh, so I think, I just feel like it's going to be really interesting. I'm curious if they're going to redeem her. I think depending on how they play the soul reuniting part, she could go for a redemption. She might not. Like, I don't think they can fully redeem her, but I think there can be like a partial redemption in some way. Uh, I don't know what that is going to look like or what that's going to mean, but I like, I don't feel like they're just gonna be like, ah, and now we kill you. Cause like. I don't know. It feels like they had cheap in her story after she finally got reunited with her soul, right? Like, are they going to take her soul out again? Like, <laughs> well, I, I think the thing is, like, what is like, what is death? Because right. I mean, for as much as she's been in the Shadowlands and the Mall, like, she's still technically undead from right. Azeroth. So, like, if she gets killed, she should go back to the Shadowlands, right? So, so she's just still yeah, there. Right, so I don't, I don't think she's at the point where she's facing her final death, but who who knows? Well, so what's interesting about the final death is, um, I think they had talked about this where she, when she fell off uh, Ice Crown and she died, she saw Zoval, I think it was, or they they had said well, it yeah, was. We, yeah, we still need we still need to get this clarified. Yes, because yeah. like that was one of those things where it's like. One source, like, we thought it was Old Gods because she impaled herself on Serenite, but then, like, another source is now saying it was Zoval. Um, but what what they think, at least, as for Forsaken, is they have, like, a true death where their souls just go into, like, some sort of oblivion, which might actually be the Maw. Um, which is an interesting thought, because now that her soul isn't fragmented, would that still happen? Like, what happens to Forsaken souls... 
because we know that they have them. So it's there like are, there is a Forsaken in Bastion. Interesting. Okay, there is a, a a a you know a dead Forsaken in Bastion, and and so I think again I think this has to do with because I I guess this is what what I've always been wondering is like when you die and then you're resurrected. Do you call? Does all of you come back, or is part of you still in the afterlife? Right, and I think and it doesn't seem like that, but maybe like because yeah, you get that, you get that emptiness, and you're like, well, what is that? Because it doesn't even seem to be the mall because the mall is not black emptiness everywhere. It's it's bleak. Right. Yeah, it's not, it's not oblivion, black. but it, it's hard to yeah. know because I mean, again, that was like Ice Crown Citadel lore, which was quite a while ago, and they might retweak it to fit the current narrative. Um, but as far as Forsaken, I. I very much think what happens to the soul completely depends on the method of resurrection. Um, because like, as we said, if it's like a Frostmourne or like a Runeblade or, or some sort of undeath magic, it seems like the soul gets split um, potentially. Uh, but if it's like ne- necrotic magic, it might be whole. So it's, it's hard to know really. <laughs> this is some of the stuff I was hoping that like would like maybe clarify in Grimoire, which I don't think they do. So uh, there's a lot of different questions about how it could happen. And honestly, with this very rich lore they have, they can pretty much swing that in any direction. Um, honestly, I do I do remember the Forsaken character. And the one thing that really surprised me is that they appeared as a Forsaken, which I think they right. did that so you knew they were Forsaken. Yes. But I was like, but, wouldn't you appear as a human? Well, I guess it depends how maybe. long you were Forsaken, because maybe maybe you enjoyed having your bones sticking out. No, I know, but like, what it looks like when anyone dies and appears in the Shadowlands is like, I don't know if it's an exact copy of what they looked like when they died. Like, I always assumed it was like somewhere in their, like in the middle of their life, wherever that was. Or if they were a child, they appear as a child or died as a child, I should say. Um, but like, it kind of suck if you died as like a super decrepit old person. And then you That's like your forever body well, in the I, afterlife. I think it might be the kind of thing where like when you first die, that's kind of what you look like is that's what you remember. And then once okay. you kind of understand like, oh, wait, I can be young and awesome Oh yeah, again. you can change your forms, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think, I think that's part of the process of, of going through everything that you kind of, you know, realize like, yeah, I don't, I don't have to be what I was. I mean, look, you, you look at Maldraxxus, all the yeah. people- that have completely changed their form, or even uh, Ardenwheel and all the people that run around as like bunnies. Yep, that's so. true. Yeah, well, and like in Bastion, people shed their mortal form and become Kyrian, right? They yeah. all look like giant blue people. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. Interesting. So, one one last point I want to make, and then we'll we'll wrap this up here. Um, is again comparing Sylvanas to Vader, is that when Anduin is suffering at the hands of the Jailer. You get those shots of Sylvanas looking kind of tortured. Yes. yes. And again, it's very similar to the Vader when the Emperor is very much torturing Luke. Mm-hmm. The Vader, and I, all credit to David Prowse because, I mean, you can't see through the mask. So it's just kind of like Vader's kind of like, like not really slumped shoulders, but just kind of like his, just looking back and forth kind of, but he still evokes that sense of, you know, like conflict, even though you can't see his face, like it, it's a very, very well done job there. Um, you know, the the uh, the animation team has a different you know palette to work with, given mm-hmm. that you can see Sylvanas's face. Um, but yeah, again, it's a very similar thing there, and that that that's important because that leads into their eventual redemption. That right. you start to see like they're conflicted, their understanding that they're you know they're starting to question everything they've been told, and they realize like, oh yeah, you know, I may have been wrong. It's time for me to change paths. So, 
So I guess that's my, my last point here is if Vader could be redeemed and everybody was okay with it, do you think that there's a way that Sylvanas can redeem and everybody's going to be okay with it or is it's, it's just going to be a cluster? I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure that there's going to be a way she could be redeemed just because I know a good chunk of the fandom loves her that much that we want her to be redeemed. We want, it doesn't have to be like a happy ending, but it has to be a satisfactory ending, whatever it is that has to feel right for that character. It feels like there not, there needs to be a, a, a good wrap up of this character and needs to, and again, like you said earlier, that's going to be hard to land just like Luke, like, cause everyone has a different expectation. Um, but I feel like whatever they do, for me it'll probably be like even if i don't like it i'm like okay i accept it it's canon like this is what happens and then i make my bed with that but uh it'll be interesting i think they're going the route of like kind of like illidan like pseudo redemption uh actually illidan went full redemption (laughs) but illidan was easier to do full redemption yes he was yes he was because he wasn't I mean, he was he was a dick, but he wasn't as no. He wasn't, he wasn't truly like he didn't burn a tree. No. basically. like he didn't. He killed some people, but he didn't kill like anybody like super important. Ouch! <laughs> you're you're not wrong though. Yeah, he was definitely a giant jerk, but uh, he didn't he didn't make it super personal against us. Also, so also credit to William King for writing that Illidan book. Yes, that did oh. that did a lot of the lifting there. That was and that took a lot of lot of disparate threads. Oh, it did and made put them together in a way that, that it was it all made it all made sense that yeah that so. illidan was one of my favorites just because it was able to tie up that very loose lore and that was absolutely well done so as as we said before i'm very much looking forward to the sylvanas book in hopes that uh any loose threads which honestly in sylvanas there's not a ton but there are pieces out there and if the, she can weave christy golden can weave them into a, a narrative which i have a feeling she will do well because i love all of her books uh, I'm very excited to read it and find out all about uh, Sylvanas, especially if it's a snapshot of her like they did with Illidan, where it's like over the course of the entirety we know the character. That would be really cool. As we said at the beginning, the writing team turned to Christy and they said, help us, Christy Golden. You're our only <laughs> Please <hope."> help us. <laughs> On that note. Yes. I think it's time to to, to call this because I think my voice is going to die completely here in a moment. Yes. So thank you to Jarrett for producing. Thank you to Kurabara for editing. Thank you everybody at home for downloading and listening. We are at Torn Goblin on Twitter, also at the MASH Network. Find us at Facebook at Facebook.com slash MASH Those Buttons. Also on YouTube at YouTube.com slash MASH Those Buttons. Katie, where can people find you? As always, you can find me at HyruleMaster77 on Twitter. And I am at WookieBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, talking about Warcraft news and guild management, and also on Squad Goals, Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, talking about Mass Effect Legendary Edition this week. I believe it's the episode where we finally get into Mass Effect 2. And who, boy, <laughs> does that game start off with a bang. Yes, it so does. So go, go check that out. Join the Mash Those Buttons community at Discord at uh, mash.gg slash Discord. Email us your thoughts or questions. If you think there's a better character that we could have compared Sylvanas to, uh, maybe we should pick like Walter White from Breaking Bad. I don't know. Mm. Um, you know, email us torngoblin at mash.gg. <laughs> and if you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can. You can compare Sylvanas to Walter White because he had cancer. She's undead. Very, uh, very simple. Katie's like, that's a bit of a stretch. If there's any, <laughs> if I mean, if you'd like to email us what you think Sylvanas' fate is, we'd love to hear that too. 
and Anduin is Anduin is Jesse, and he's like, how does he keep getting away with it? But, oh boy. Oh boy, yeah, that's a that's a whole other episode that you get into. Visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts, including on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content as well as to Patreon-exclusive content. Also, for those in the chat room, please consider a Twitch subscription if you can. You can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg slash support. Stay tuned to hear about other shows on the Mash Those Buttons network. For Katie, I'm Nick. Ancestors watch over you. Time is character redemptions, friends. I don't think people are going to like that. No, probably not. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out mashthosebuttons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 